to Multiverse of Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. And we're... Here to talk to you... Across the internet... About... Bees. Yay! Uh, but all in all seriousness, Devin is contacting me via the internet phone. And uh, we are discussing... Exiles. Exiles. Sort of. Yeah, sort of. Because uh, this week's Exiles arc is not really about the Exiles, but you know what it is? What? The last arc of Jed Winnick's first run. Oh no. So we're going to be stuck with Chuck Austin for a bit. Oh no. This week we are covering Exiles 23 through 25 from Volume 1 of the series... Written by Judd Winnick, art by Kev Walker, colors by Transparency Digital, and letters by Paul Tetrone. And this takes place on Earth 42777. Now, uh, it's weird because Kev Walker also did some stuff in the Thunderbolts section of the Judge Dredd episode with Al Ewing that is going, or that will be up by now. And just seeing how much his art has changed is a bit mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. But I did like his art here more than I have in the past. It may have been just slowing down and reading the story and sort of experiencing it better. Yeah. And the story is called With an Iron Fist. We start off with an explanation of how Tony Stark became the ruler of the world. Because yep. he's the monarch of the Earth after pretty much manipulating people to give him power. Because he, like, bought all of the businesses and caused a economic collapse in the shadows. Uh, he got, like, Magneto to lead a mutant war against him. And then killed Magneto become a, to become a hero of the world. But he also used that mutant war to, like, thin out a lot of the other superheroes. Yep. And eventually Magneto tried to get Stark to join him. And Stark instead just killed him on live TV. Uh, Stark also mass uh, Stark also organized a massive famine by like killing all of the meat producing animals and like fifty percent of the wheat, and then he instantly made a cure for it, which led to him being nominated for president and pretty much getting yep, with it. Yeah, and uh, so eventually it came down to uh, Doom attacking him, and it was supposed to be blamed on mutants. Uh, Doom attacked, but Stark just beat the hell out of him and then walked out of the rubble wearing Doom's cape, and he became Iron Doom. Yep. According to the Heroclux figure. Is it that one, though? Yeah. Well, because that's the thing. is, there's the, uh, When I was reading this, I was like, oh, we haven't covered this one yet, but there is the what-if that I have, which is what if Tony Stark were Doctor Doom. Oh, no, on the back of it, they have the uh, issue it appeared in, and it's the Exiles. Oh, okay. Yeah. We start off with Tony Stark sentencing the editor-in-chief of the National Review to death for basically wondering why he's trying to re redesign his armor. And we also see that he's wearing a hologram, because otherwise he looks like an avocado had sex with an even older avocado. But still maintain the green parts. Yeah. Uh, and this is because of the massive radiation that he dealt with when he fought Doom. Yeah. And uh, Stark's advisor comes in to let 
uh, Stark know that they've located the Inhumans. And do you want to give a brief rundown of who the Inhumans are? Uh, in case you don't want to go and listen to the very good episode of it that is on Journey into Misery. Yeah, basically, I mean, you have the Inhumans. They are basically, think of them sort of like the mutants, except for they are people that were created by the intergalactic space race called the Kree. And basically, they're basically like the mutants, but where they get like different random superpowers. But theirs are all sparked off by what's known as the Terrigen Mist. So it's basically like a little catalyst to get their powers going. If you're watching the new Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show, that's what Sky and all the superpowered people are getting from now, basically. Because they can't use mutants on that show. Basically. And yeah, the big one players that we're going to have are you have Black Bolt, who is the king of the Inhumans. Basically, his whole thing is he cannot pretty much ever speak because if he speaks, whispers anything, it, um, it's all vibrations in his voice that cause basically landslides or he can destroy an entire like city with just one word. Yeah, it, it's a great like metaphor for the king who must remain silent because his oh, yeah. voice literally shakes the earth to the core. And that one, is, I don't know, did you read Infinity? Uh, no, I still haven't gotten around to reading it. Oh man, when he shouts down Thanos, it is oh, just yeah, I've seen beautiful. That. Yeah. Like, it's great because when he does speak, it is a huge moment most of the time. Yeah. And it isn't overdone like with uh, the Green Lanterns where uh, Mogo, who was like a planet who was also a Green Lantern, like whenever he would show up, it used to be a big thing, but then he just always showed up in the background and stuff and stopped being special. Yeah. But no, Black Bolt, they've, they've uh, made he that barely one. speaks. Yeah. Except for recently, actually. It, um, obviously, it won't be in this world, but um, he has created like a little pocket universe where he is able to speak. He basically makes it so there's like no vibrations. Oh, so is that like what the uh, Silent Room is in uh, Star-Lord and Adeline Rising? Um, I don't think so. Because he's able to that speak just... Kid, with this, that Black Bolt, I just don't know if he has the powers. Yeah, it is a... Uh, I couldn't tell because he's talking outside of that and it doesn't seem to be causing problems. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we cut to Adeline, which is the city that they live in. Sometimes it's at the bottom of the ocean, sometimes it's on the moon, sometimes it's hidden in the mountains. And here it had sometimes been... it's floating over New York City. Sometimes it's in the Hudson River. That's true. Uh, we cut to uh, Adeline where the city is in bad shape. It needs to be repaired, but uh, if they have to repair, that means they have to take down the shields that they have defending them, which would allow Tony Stark to know where they are. Yep. And so Black Bolt, who lost his wife Medusa, who could control her hair, and uh, Sue Storm, who remarried Black Bolt after Reed died, uh, they consider this. And we found out that both of them, along with a lot of other heroes, were killed when Reed discovered uh, Tony's plan. Yeah. And was like, yeah, I may be a creepy-ass dude, but that's super evil. It's and uh, Stark... What's up with Karnak's head? I'm looking at the pictures now of them. Oh, yeah, it's like an eraser instead of just, like, a really huge head. Yeah. He's finch as hell. Yeah, looking yeah. weird, Karnak. Mm-hmm. 
And what Stark really wants to do is capture as many of the Inhumans as he can and sort of reverse engineer them. That way he can have his own Star Wars and, like, start expanding into space. Basically. Yeah, which, uh, which no one really wants. Nope. And Black Bolt's um, solution to this, he writes the letter G on the wall for Sue, which basically it's a giant force field because when Galactus came down to destroy this Earth, Reed Richards stopped him. And instead of killing him, he spares his life and says, and oh, will cure his hunger in return for you can't ever come back here. Mm-hmm. And so Galactus, to make sure that Galactus never goes back on his word, he gives him a giant force field that he made that even he cannot break through. Called the G-Barrier. Yeah. And if Galactus can't make through it, pretty much no one can. Yep. And so they surface up to repair... Uh, and Stark sends an army of robots to attack Adeline, and they pretty much, like, hit the shield and die like bugs on a bug zapper. Yep. It works perfectly fine, but now Tony is trying to figure out how to break through this unbreakable shield, and Weapon X shows up. So ends the first issue. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Weapon X, we last saw them, uh, when Sabretooth from Weapon X decided to stay behind and raise, uh, What's his face? Uh, uh, Franklin. Yeah. Franklin Richards. Well, no, not Franklin. Oh, no, I guess uh, no, it's Nathan. Yeah. Son of Frank. Yeah, the grandchild. Yeah, last time we saw Weapon X was when uh, Sabretooth from Weapon X stayed behind to raise uh, Nathan in the dark future where he was going to become a super evil guy and then Sabretooth and no one else wanted to kill the kid and so Sabretooth decided to stay behind and raise him. Yeah. And so currently, the team is being led by Gambit, who, you know, he throws cards and explodes stuff. Uh, Spider-Man... Cajun. Yeah. Gambit go make some etouffee. Uh, there is Spider, who is Spider-Man with a red symbiote on him. Yep. There is Angel, who is Angel, who has, like, big angel wings, but he also is a mercenary who uses guns, which... I had not remembered that from before, but it's kind of fantastic. Was he in the last one? No, he's uh, one of the newer members. Okay. There's, uh, There's a couple members, I'm just like, I don't recall you. Yeah. Uh, which I like, because it's like, oh yeah, no, they lose members a lot as well. Yeah. Uh, there is Storm, who is Storm from the X-Men, except she has more um, magical powers. And she's they're... new, correct. Well... No, she was in the last one, I believe. She? Okay. And then there is Hulk, who is uh, She-Hulk, who had been a mob uh, attorney, and then she became She-Hulk. And there's also Vision, who is still uh, sporting the wounds that he got last time. Yeah. And Vision is the android, except here he doesn't really care about people. Yeah. And he's indestructible and smugly mentions it at every possible moment. Even though he keeps getting, like, more and more beat up in the storyline. Yeah. And Stark immediately does not believe them, and so he puts, like, all of his uh, office's guns on Gam and the current team, until Gamut's like, yeah, I, I know that you killed your father when you were 14. Jambalaya, Vinyay, and Stark's like, okay, I, I see. We can talk then. Because he had never told that to anyone else. Nope. 
and uh, Gambit. Like weird little hexagon mustache too, or no, uh, pentagon mustache. Looks exactly like a nice little trapezoid. Vitalis has given Gambit the relevant information that he needs for the mission, which is Reed made a key to turn off the shield in case someone who was untrustworthy got a hold of it. But he left that with Wonder Man, who Wonder Man is made out of ionic energy. He's purple. He dies a lot, and usually his personality is turned into the Vision. And uh, Wonder Man in this universe had been caught in a gamma energy blast that had killed the Hulk. Yeah. But uh, Wonder Man survived that blast, making him even stronger. And so now he's hiding somewhere with the Scarlet Witch, uh, using magic, which Tony Stark does not have any people to help with. Along with Doctor Strange, who is no longer the Master of Mysticism. And is and, missing half his legs. Yes. And so the team plans that instead of straight up attacking them, they're going to try and steal the device instead. Storm, using her magical training, has provided the spider with a talisman that will allow them to sneak in past their defenses because they're hiding out in an island in northern Hawaii. And Wonder Man looks like a version of Strong Guy from uh, X-Factor carved out of Spam. Yeah. Like, he's all muscles and veins. It's, it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. And uh, so Gambit, Spider, Storm, and Hulk are caught up fighting Wonder Man. Uh, and meanwhile, Angel and Vision uh, sneak in to steal the key. Uh, Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, shows up to fight. And uh, the Spider seizes her, which causes Simon to Hulk out. And at this point, he looks like he could easily be, like, three stories tall. He is, like, a obscene mess of upper body muscles. And Gambit ends up throwing a negative zone grenade that he had gotten from Tony Stark, which sucks in Simon and their She-Hulk. And because... Because she, Spider-Man refuses to. Yeah. Kind of a dick. Yeah, he refuses to save her. And so Colossus appears to replace She-Hulk, and uh, Gambit and Spider argue over who has to uh, explain what's going on to him. Which is funny, because it, it gives you the feeling that, yeah, they have lost a whole bunch of people. Oh, absolutely. And, well, probably because, like, half of them are just dicks. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's the downside of people who are willing to do dirty deeds. Oh, absolutely. Got the team of assholes. Mm -hmm. So Black Bolt finds out that Tony Stark now has the key into Adeline past the G-Shield and realizes that uh, the Inhuman children are growing up in a world where they have never not lived in fear. The Inhuman children are growing up in a world where they have only ever lived in fear. Black Bolt, uh, trying to figure out a solution, has been reading stories about other civilizations and races that were slaughtered. And uh, the one book that he is sort of, uh, or the one top, the one topic that Blackfold has sort of settled on as a solution, uh, we just see the word Masada, which Sue apparently knows exactly what that means. Did you know about this before? I did not. Yeah, uh, but like they explain it later on in the story. So uh, Stark is in his White House war room, where we see the few heroes that he has with him. There's Ghost Rider. There's somehow the Thing. 
uh, Daredevil, uh, Julia Carpenter, Spider-Woman, and Strong Guy are just hanging out there. Uh, Black Bolt... Uh, Black Bolt gives his orders for the Inhumans to fly out and meet uh, Stark. Meanwhile, Sue has been given her own orders, but she's also got her own plans as she wants to do. So the Inhumans and Tony Stark's army meet, and it is a bloody fight. Oh, we get this really cool moment where Karnak is taking out people, but like the Vision comes in, they sort of finish each other off. Though I believe the Vision still appears. Though I still. Though I believe the Vision still appears after this issue. Oh, does he? Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of wondering, because he looked like he killed him. Yeah. And, uh... So, back inside the city, Black Bolt has gathered all of his people. And we start hearing about Masada, which is after the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple in 70 Common Era. 1,000 Jewish zealots took up a base in a remote mountain and held off two years against the Roman Tith Legion. In 73 CE, Blauius Silva marched and laid siege to the town. In 74 CE, he finally broke through the fortress, only to find all 1,000 people had killed themselves to avoid being tortured and enslaved. So Gambit has broken through and he finds out that Everyone is dead. All of the Inhumans have been killed, and Weapon X, with their mission done, teleports out. And we see Black Bolt fly up into the air, and we get Flavius's uh, comment, We have won. We have won a rock. And Black Bolt just screams Masada, hoping that it's going to forever stick in Tony Stark's mind. Yep. And he crashes into the army, wiping out everything, wiping out Adeline, wiping out the dead and humans, and robbing Stark of the genetic powers that he had wanted. And so he cut back to Stark in his garden, defeated, because he had not expected this to happen. It was not a sensible thing that he would expect. Nope. And we see that Sue Storm, after smuggling out 300 inhumans, came back, and she stabs Stark in the back, killing him. And the guards end up killing her, but we find out that the world soon discovers what Stark did, and they have to rebuild after this, and Sue and Black Bolt are regarded as heroes. Yeah. So basically, Weapon X did a whole bunch of really bad things, but it was all for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is definitely a very interesting story. Oh, yeah. Like, before, it was sort of one of those that I didn't really recognize or remember all that much, but slowing down and rereading it and taking notes, it's like, yeah, this is really well-structured. I mean... Oh, it was incredibly well-structured. Yeah, the battle between, like, the, uh... Uh, the battle between Weapon X and, like, Wonder Man is a really cool one. It's very visual, and, like, the art is really well-suited. It's very stylistic, and you can see that on our webpage with this in the image gallery. But yeah, I mean, I was Well, there's really... my thing, too. I like this one better, than, I think, than most of the other ones we've read so far, because this one, like, really flushes out the world. I like the fact that there was an entire issue that just gave background for this Earth. Yeah, I, I agree Before that was... Or the exiles even showed up. Yeah, I will agree that was a very good thing that this one had. 
and yeah, I, I feel like it might work a little bit better with some of the other stories. I feel like there's just like things. It's like we kind of get like brief touches upon and hints upon, mm-hmm. but it doesn't allow you to like really get a good grasp and like really appreciate the worlds they're going to. Yeah, I agree. So I think this one is going to rank up pretty high on our uh, list. And then we've also had three members of Weapon X who we have lost so far. There was uh, Kane, uh, Deadpool, and now Hulk. And I figure we can toss their universes up on here. Yeah. I don't know, do we, though? Because we don't actually know anything about theirs. No, but we can sort of uh, toss them up based on their characters. I guess. Uh, so, the first one we're going to do is Iron Doom's World, though, Earth 42777. I think this may be top ten level. I would say, yeah, I, could, I would definitely go with that. Okay. Uh, oof. so, my big dividing line is, is it better or worse than Tony Stark's Sorcerer Supreme? Because Sorcerer Supreme is definitely a very fun one, and I'd definitely love to read that one again. And it similarly did a good job constructing its world in yeah. even less time. Yeah. Maybe right below it? So right above Space Punisher? Yeah. Yeah, I believe that is a wonderful spot for it. So our new number five is Earth 42777. Iron. Good news. Masada is one of Israel's mm. most popular tourist attractions, according to uh, Wikipedia. Interesting. Yep. So, Nothing makes gets me more excited on vacation than going to a place where a bunch of people kill themselves. Uh, yeah, actually, that's like a whole bunch of what my family has done on vacations. Uh, I mean, oh, nice. think of all the battlefields and stuff that you go to. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, so up next we have Kane from Earth 3031, and he was really a forgettable member. He was part of that original Weapon X team that was hunting the Hulk in Canada. Yeah, I don't really remember him at all. Uh, so it's going to be a question of how bad is something we don't remember as opposed to something that is bad that we do remember. It's still pretty low. Well, is it uh, Batman Holy Terror, ter- Holy Terror Territory? Yeah. Because here's the thing. It's like, terrible or not, I, I will always remember Batman Holy Terror. Yeah. So, it doesn't have the memorability. I'd put it right under Batman Holy Terror. What's below that one? Uh, what if Galactus fought Ant-Man? Oh, yeah. So, Earth 3031, Kane's World, Weapon X. Up next we have the Deadpool, who was part of the original Weapon X team. He stayed around a little longer, but he did not have Deadpool's uh, enhanced healing factor, so he did not get to come back when he got murder-slaughtered. By his own teammate. Yeah. Well, I thought he was generally a bit more entertaining. No, he was. Yeah, I, I might put him more around the uh, 
the uh, I put them above Earth six nine five five, which is the hotel from the Nuff set issue. Yeah. So our new number sixty five is Deadpool from Weapon X. Or 5021. And the last one is one that I personally like, even though we didn't get a lot of backstory for her, which is Hulk, uh, Jen Walters from Earth 1029, who's on Weapon X. I thought the idea of a mob enforcer, She Hulk, yeah. was a good idea. Yeah, it was cool. And she I know was, I like that one. Yeah. Um. I'm looking around, uh, Jean Grey is actually in the Trial of the Phoenix slash Black Widow 4 territory. Mm, wait, yeah, maybe, yeah. She's not as good as Black Widow 4. Uh, I don't like her as much as Limbo, uh, so is she better than What If Spider-Man Joined the Fantastic Four? No. No. Uh, better than President Tony Stark. Well, for that President Tony Stark, yes. Yeah. So right under Spider-Man joins the Fantastic Force, our new number 40 is... Earth 1029. Shulk. Mob. Enforcer from Weapon X. And yeah, I mean... Yeah, I was really happy with this arc. And the next one's going to be a weird one because we do get magic, which I know you're looking forward to. Yeah, I like magic. Ileana Snowflake. Next week on Multiversal Q, we'll be doing our super special live from SPX episode where I'll be talking to indie comic creators and getting them to pitch universes that Devin and I will then put on to the Trials of the Multiverse chart. And considering some of the people who I unfortunately know, it will be obscene. Good. Yeah. So, uh, Multiverse Q is a weekly, sometimes more than that, podcast. If you would like to support us, please check out our Patreon, which currently has no backers, but as we continue to do more and more episodes... Uh, we would definitely like to expand our plan, so if we can, like, get even $10 a month, that is $10 less if I have to pay, which means that I can move up to the 400 megabytes a month, which means I can also put up older episodes of the podcast. Uh, Devin and I can record more and record longer. Do you know what this is, Devin? What? This is our 26th episode together, which means we've technically been doing this for over a year, for over half a year now. I was going to say it hasn't been a year yet, but yes. Because yeah. uh, there's one episode where you were in the hospital, and yeah. we just used that one as a non-numbered, but it took up a week episode. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this has definitely gone on for a while, and I'm really happy that we're still getting together and doing this. Yeah, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find Multiversal Q. Uh at multiversalq.com where we have our image gallery. You can see the Trials of the Multiverse chart. And you can also contact us and leave comments. If you want to email multiversalq, email us at multiversalq at gmail.com. 
Uh, we are also on Twitter at MultiversalQ. We have a Facebook and a Tumblr, and we are also on Libsyn. Liberated syndication for listeners. Uh, also, be sure to check out our uh, affiliated podcast over at The Stuff Podcast. The Stuff You Love to Talk About, where I'm now a host on that show as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got that promotion. It's official. It is. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Coltreg, K-O-L-T-R-E-G. And I'm at Fred Othet, F-R-E-G-D-O-F-E-T-T. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, I am going to be at SPX next weekend if you're going to be there, so stop on and try and hunt me down. And then we're also going to have a somewhat booth over at Buckeye Comic Con in uh, November. Oh, nice. Yeah. At which one? Buckeye Comic Con. Oh, the Buckeye Comic Con. Nice. Yeah. So... That's a good comic. That's a good con. Yeah. They were nice enough to comp us a table because I'm going to help promote them. Oh, nice. Yes. Uh, This has been Multiversal Q. We will see you next week from Bethesda, Maryland with special guests. Peace.